There's something about movies made in the late 60s and early 70s. We were still in the studio system before the 70s shook things up, and as such, there were a lot of formulaic stories, five-picture deals with a star who was certain to put butts in seats, regardless of the quality of the story. However, I can't help but think that this time also produced some of the greatest, epic, and sweeping movies that still hold up today. Sure, the production looks different, and when it comes to action, it can feel campy or overacted compared to what we see today. But there's something about this era, the sheer audacity of taking on a huge sweeping canvas, pre-CGI, where the tools in the director's toolbox consisted of hundreds of extras, practical effects, and pure brute force. Part of the appeal for me is marveling at what it must have required to take on such a project, much less to be successful. I don't hate the current big-budget Hollywood movies. Well, mostly I do, but some gems stand out. But while I can sit down and enjoy the Avengers, I can't quite call it an epic. In fact, when Hollywood tries to tackle a subject that is truly epic in reality, it tends to fail. I am looking at you, Titanic and Pearl Harbor. There's just something lost when 90% of the movie is acted in front of a green screen and the character development mostly comes down to what kind of quips each individual character has. And in addition to that, how history needs to be embellished because history just isn't interesting enough, apparently. Today on Movies Will Save the World, we're discussing the, in my opinion, epic war movie slash biopic, Patton. I am really interested to hear Chris's thoughts as we dig into this movie from 1970. Will nostalgia influence our thoughts on this movie, or does it hold up? Find out today as we discuss Patton. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And I'm Chris Peterson. And for some reason, I decided to hold the N on my name that time, Glenn. But uh, <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about. Today, we are discussing the 1970 epic war movie, Patton. Um, this was my pick, um, and I think that was the theme, epic movies. Um, I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Chris, have you seen this movie before? <laughs> All right. Full disclosure, I thought we were watching a movie about Patton Oswalt. So, I watched <laughs> something very different. So, I don't oh, know where this was is going to go. Comedians of comedy or... Short comedians. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, uh, the one where he's the rat, <laughs> Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was good in that. Um, uh-huh. yeah. I, I have, I've, I've seen yeah. this movie several times, but maybe not in the last 20 years. Um, Oh so, really? Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. been a, a large gap between my watching for some reason in my <laughs> youth, it was either on TV all the time or I don't know. Yeah. I just remember, I no, just remember it. That was back in the days of TBS where you could turn on TBS at any point in the day and you'd get like one of about six movies. Yeah. This was probably one of them. Yeah. <laughs> So that was, um, yeah, like if we're just talking about experiences with how were we introduced to this movie, it was, um, 
Yeah, as a kid, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, watching it on TV. So the the version I always yeah. saw was the edited version. So I don't know. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen this version of it. Interesting. I mean, with all of the commercial breaks, that must have been like a four-hour experience because this is not a short movie. This is no, almost three I, hours. Yeah, and I'm. Sh- they, I mean, I mean, there's there are things I remember vividly. Um, uh-huh. Before we could talk about that in a little bit, uh, but there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of it. Either I just, you know, blocked out or just <laughs> didn't pay attention to. But there were some. <laughs> there are some parts of it, like you know, will be just forever, like iconic moments from the movie. That, sure, um, you know, have, have stood out. Yeah. Well, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie, but I actually do return to it quite regularly. I'm not quite sure why, but there's yeah, just something okay. about well, this let's movie. Ex- yeah, let's explore that. <laughs> there's something about this movie, and I think a lot of it is um, just, you know, this feels like, you know, it's, te- I, I suppose technically it's a war movie, but I almost feel like it's more of a, you know, biopic or, or, yeah. or character study. Yeah, definitely. You know, about about this historical figure then, you know, and it just so happens to take place during world war two. Um, and I think, you know, George C. Scott, who, you know, won an Academy award for he best did. actor and then famously returned it. <laughs> which is, I, I feel like, you know, I can't imagine a better actor to play George S. Patton than George C. Scott. Oh, I um, know. In fact, I, in my head, I, th- literally think he is pat you know what i mean like yeah yeah i don't even know what the real Patton looks like i don't know <laughs> I, I, I you know if you showed up pictures of a bunch of old guys from the 40s i wouldn't know which is Patton. um well i've he, spent a lot of time on wikipedia today so i do know what he looks like but, right. but it honestly it wasn't until like you know doing some of the research for this that that i looked a lot of that stuff up and and there's some interesting things to talk about um there as well but yeah i do i don't quite know what it is that continues to pull me back into this but i do think it i think it's a really i think Patton is a really interesting character um i think acted brilliantly by george c scott and i just feel like there's so much nuance in the the person and the performance that I think keeps me coming back. I watch those kinds of scenes more than I watch, you know, like the big battle scenes and, yeah, and that kind of thing right. in this movie. So, which um, were, were also very interesting. But you're right. Whenever, um, yeah, I mean, every every time George C. Scott is on screen, that's the only thing you're paying mm-hmm. attention to. It doesn't matter if he's just oh yeah walking around or doing whatever. I don't. <laughs> it's just you're wondering what's what is he doing yeah um well let's let's start with the very opening scene the cold open <laughs> the speech that uh Patton, played by jersey scott gives to the third army and apparently i did not realize this until today but that is a real speech that Patton gave to the third army yeah um I, I didn't know that actually until yeah, doing my background of this movie as well, that that just wasn't a contrivance yeah. by um, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, who wrote the screenplay, the script. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that, that was something that was, uh, you know, real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, 
what what I love about the fact that it's based it it is you know parts of it are word for word exactly the same. Most of it is word for word, although they narrowed it down a bunch of stuff you know to make it fit the the movie better. But then the other editorial edit, editing that they did is they tamed down the language. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> there's a bunch of stuff you know like uh, you know at one point. Uh, in the movie, he says, you know, they don't know battle more than they know about fornicating. Patton didn't say fornicating. No. He said a different <laughs> four-letter word there. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought, I thought that's hilarious. They're toning it. See, this is this is the problem with Hollywood, right? They're toning down real life to make it fit <laughs> instead of amplifying. <laughs> wow. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, no. I mean, I know he was... Um, you know, famous, infamous mm-hmm. for his colorful mm-hmm. language, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. but it, I mean, I would assume like everybody talked like that who was in the military all the time. I don't know if he right, was a, right. unusual. Now. He must have been really unusual that they would <laughs> make note of that. Like every other word must have been just filthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably more in his public statements than what he says in a barracks. But um, but just coming back to, you know, the way this movie starts, I mean, it, yeah. it's a cold open. You get this, you know, huge American flag. <laughs> and then you see, you know, you see this tiny silhouetted figure walk up and it's, you know, George C. Scott. And then he starts to deliver the speech and this whole thing happens, you know, no score, no background, no nothing. Um, uh, before you get the intro credits and I love the way that movie opens. I feel like you get so much of a window into who this person is. Oh, absolutely. Um, before you even start the story. I would think, I don't know. I haven't made a list or anything, but (laughs) that, this is like one of the top 10 all-time introductions to a character in a movie. I mean, that you totally like, I mean, yeah, if you, I don't know if there's people probably never have seen this movie that have, have, Mm -hmm. have have seen the picture or something from that. You know what I mean? That just like, it's right. It's gosh, it's as old as I am. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it's still, yeah, it still pops up in little pop culture moments. Um, yeah, but it is. It's it's just an amazing, an amazing intro. An army is a team. It lives, eats, sleeps, fights as a team. This individuality stuff is a bunch of crap. The bilious bastards who wrote that stuff about individuality for the Saturday Evening Post don't know anything more about real battle than they do about fornicating. Now we have the finest food and equipment, the best spirit, and the best men in the world. You know, by God, I actually pity those poor bastards we're going up against. By God, I do. We're not just going to shoot the bastards. We're going to cut out their living guts and use them to grease the treads of our tanks. We're going to murder those lousy Hun bastards by the bushel. I had thought, oh, this is really great writing. Whoever wrote this really sort of uh, 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 hit the bullseye on all of the 
key elements of what makes up this person and then to realize, well, the person who wrote it was him <laughs> just adapted for the screen. I'm like, all right, well, did a good job. I read somewhere that it was considered like one of the top 10 like motivational speeches ever written or ever given or something like that. I mean, really it's regarded in history as, as a, you know, well, American history, I should probably say um, <laughs> as, <laughs> as, as, as one of the top. So good job, George. Good job. <laughs> yes. George Jr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, we go from there and then, you know, uh, I don't, uh, you know, this is, this is not a movie. I feel like we need to like go through the plot. I mean, it's, you know, it's World <laughs> War II. You kind of know how it happens. Right. And, and it, and it really, yeah. I mean, when you think about, I was thinking about the, just the timeline of it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very, I mean, it's just part of World War II is the story. Right. Really. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you yeah. know, with his involvement in the African Mm-hmm. You know, the, the war in North Africa, then moving up into uh, Europe, and that's you mm-hmm. know how many years is that? Like four years, like four, three, three years, or four, maybe something like so, that. Yeah. Something that's it. I mean, that's that's how yeah. you know. Um, which, which I which I I did upon reflection, I thought, oh, that's interesting because like we don't get, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know anything about you know. All right, so. I don't know if we want to go into this territory yet. I'll let you drive, but there's some things that I I wanted to bring up about well, um, of this type of movie. Bring them up, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just thinking, like, uh, you know, how you know we would probably classify this as like a biop, right? I mean, a biop, ock, No shit. I say biopic. biopic. Other people Bio, say, biopic. say biopic. For now on, I'm sticking with <laughs> biopic. Um, All right. And how our current biopics seem to, you know, they cover, you know, someone's childhood or, you know, mm, like it, mm-hmm. not, you know, and key, key moments in their life growing up that made them into the person that we know them as famous, as a famous person. That's I, sure. You know, I'm just, thinking <laughs> mostly yeah. musicians it seems to be what we're <laughs> flooded yeah. with you know whether it's rocket man or bohemian rhapsody or the new elvis charlie one. parker getting a symbol thrown in his head <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well, yeah i forgot about that one um you know and that's that's kind of the the trend and um mm-hmm. this like i said we get just um you know a, a slight window into one component mm-hmm. of this very complicated person but it doesn't yeah. that doesn't bother me i really don't really care like oh what did he do when he was 13 mm-hmm. or when he was at west point right. or what or, or, right. i don't know if you went to west point now i think about it yeah yeah i thought he did um but what's yeah. interesting as i saw um i went down kind of a rabbit hole and i watched mm-hmm. this this one youtuber she was she was actually doing um a review of the new Elvis Presley movie um, hmm. and how much she thought it was just mediocre and whatever. But then she had a whole like thing on like why biopics are not like considered art worthy films. Hmm. Like you can't, okay. they can't be considered art, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that's just like a very narrow minded well, sure. view of art for one. And then I started mm-hmm. to think of like, 
well, there actually are, like, are you going to tell me Lawrence of Arabia isn't an artistic movie? Or, or Which will also come up under epic movies at yeah, some point. Yeah, or Schindler's List, or right, Malcolm right. X, or, mm-hmm. you know, the list goes on. I thought, did she yeah. just forget that movies were made before, you know, 2010, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. it, it just seemed like such a preposterous statement, and, and it, she seemed yeah. so smug and sure of herself and i thought no there's Mm. (laughs) this this there's definitely and it was just like the idea of biographies in general right of course Mm -hmm. they're going to be slanted i mean how sure that's yeah i mean they're they're (laughs) it's it's like oh so we shouldn't write biographies either because they're going to be from a point (laughs) of view you know well Sure, but like every movie is from a point of view. Exactly. Right? No matter what I mean, movie it is, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, and like her thing was like, well, the reason why these movies get Oscars is because we look at the actors who do them and think they play such. You know, they they draw out so closely what we understand this person to be like, so that if they mm-hmm. do a good job imitating them we call it a good movie. Um, hmm. And I don't know if that's, I don't, I have no idea how Academy Awards are decided or handed out. Um, yeah. But, but not every biopic gets an Oscar or is even mm-hmm. considered. So um, I suppose it, it, I, I could see maybe coming at that from the perspective of, you know, I have heard and I have heard, you know, pe- critics and whatnot say, Oh, this movie that, you know, I don't know, pick an actor, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm pausing because the only actor's name that is coming to mind is Will Smith, and I really don't want to reference Will Smith right now. <laughs> so, so you know, some actor who's not Will Smith and hasn't gotten an, an Oscar yet, uh, you know, will sign on to some script because they think this will be the one, you know, yeah, play right. this yeah. historical figure and, and, and that'll... Could be the Oscar because yeah, maybe Oscar it has additional, bait. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. You know, so I, I can see maybe there's some uh, cynicism in that, but um, I would also think that you know, trying to portray an actual person, especially if they are still living, would be one of the harder things for an actor to do versus, you know, a a fictitious character that's made up by the writer. Yeah, um, where you could so do, yeah yeah you know like <laughs> like. Like memento, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the movie I was thinking of. Yeah, (laughs) that Oscar bait movie, Memento. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's yeah. Anyway, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, No, it it just like it struck me as like I, I, I never considered it not like that. People's lives Uh aren't worthy of a film. I mean, I just thought. Well, not everybody's is certainly, but there's some well, people that are interesting, and I. You, you know, know what? What's What's interesting to me about that is when I was in school, I hated history. <laughs> I just hated it, and and I hated it because every history teacher taught it as names, dates, places. Sure, memorize right. these. Yeah, and that's yeah. what you need to pass the test. It wasn't until I had a teacher who said. History is stories. History is right. personalities and events. And if you know, if 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 it's taught as a story, you're going to remember, 
you're going to internalize that more than, I don't remember, was it 1914 or 1915? I, I don't know, right? But I know that, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Franz Ferdinand was killed and that led to this chain of events and all, of, you know, like this just presented in that way of these people and interactions and connections and that kind of thing. And that was the first time, you know, growing up that I thought, oh, history is awesome, you know? And so <laughs> right. this idea that, like, you know, um, <laughs> movies based on people's actual lives aren't, you know, worthy of our time or something like that, it seems kind of silly because, like, you can't make up crazier stories than those that have actually happened in yeah. human history, you know? It, it, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, you know, there's... There are... Um, you know, in Patton's life, um, mm -hmm. decisions and discussions and actions um, mm -hmm. that he did, you know, influenced the outcome of World War II. Yeah, uh, um, right. And it's, and it's interesting for me also being like someone who loves history, especially World War II history, which I think is mm -hmm. a very interesting um, mm -hmm. field. Um, you know, to know, like, for instance... Um, and I kind of knew this anyway, that, you know, Patton probably was our greatest military genius kind of general mm. who was mm -hmm. horrible at like politics and inter right. <laughs> inter interacting with the chain of command all that well mm -hmm. and was ego driven and yeah. had this obvious obsession about war that just, right. you know, that's that all-consuming yeah it just consumed him and like he was you know and it was based in part of these really interesting spiritual beliefs that he had and mm -hmm. his, his part of destiny um yeah and that impacted the world you know right it really did so yeah it's hard to i mean i don't you know, I've watched a lot of World War II type movies, right? And mm -hmm. um, this is an angle that I, I can't, I can't compare it to another one where I think like, oh yeah, that, sh that was like Patton and how it shared like the the competition between, <laughs> yeah, you know, these generals like uh, Montgomery and like right. how Eisenhower had to like placate the British to make sure the Americans right. didn't get all the glory and feel left out kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I remember a few episodes back, we talked about um, 300. And, you know, we one of the things that we talked about there is like, almost all war movies are underdog stories, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think one of the comments we made is like, you never see... Um, you know, the, the vastly superior force just vanquishing the enemy and being like, well, that was a good movie, <laughs> you know, and you know, to from one perspective, this movie, you know, is more from that global holistic viewpoint of, you know, the allies and, you know, and how they're, you know, working together to um, uh, defeat Germany and then later, you know, uh, Japan. Um, but you know, Patton himself and his flaws and his failings and his just inability to keep his own impulses in check and, you know, 
play the political game and, and ingratiate himself and all of those things almost makes him as genius as he is almost makes him an underdog in this story, which is a really interesting, you know, dynamic. <laughs> wow. That's a weird thing that I just never thought about, but he's, yeah. he's his own underdog. Like he's, he's his own worst enemy, you know? Oh, he, he you definitely know? is. No, he, he <laughs> yeah. like, um, his ambition just would get in the way of yeah maybe if I played the game a little better, um, mm-hmm. but he, he he but he wouldn't compromise. That was the thing. I mean, it was not like you said. It was just all consuming, and his only. Right. I mean, the war. Honestly, the land war in Europe probably would have gone a lot faster if they did it his way. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Having his mm-hmm. supplies div- diverted to Montgomery's forces. <laughs> Right. You know, strategically, know. it was stupid. Yeah, um, yeah. it really was. Um, yeah, and that with his underpowered um, armor division was still able to get get there, and you know, mm-hmm. um, and the Battle of the Bulge and um, mm-hmm. freeing the 101st Airborne Division was was done mm-hmm. done by him. Um, yeah, I mean, revisionist history. I don't know what they <laughs> interpret that as, but. Um, I think, yeah, I think part of that is true. I I would think so too, and it's interesting. You've seen Band of Brothers, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's several episodes of that show that take place from the perspective of the 101st at Bestone. and I think there is one scene where where somebody says, you know. Patton, we don't need rescuing from him or something like that. So, you know, you kind of get the, the, you know, the different perspectives on that, but I agree. I think, you know, I, and I'm not a military historian by a long shot. I'm not much of anything by a long shot. <laughs> so I can probably just stand. We'll just have to have a standing disclaimer at the top of the show. Glenn doesn't know much about anything, but here's his thoughts, um, you know, but you see, you know, I think one of the, one of the, my favorite moments, you know, leading up to that point of um, trying to break through and, and relieve the 101st is, you know, and it illustrates, you know, Patton's, knowledge a wealth of knowledge of of history and military yeah. history and everything like that you know he has a moment where he's talking to one of his aides or something and says like you know the germans haven't staged a a, a winter assault, yeah. a winter assault you know since, since like frederick the great yeah exactly <laughs> he's like and that's exactly what i think they're gonna do or that's why i think they're going to do it absolutely no reason for us to assume that the germans are mounting a major offense weather is awful, the supplies are low, the German army hasn't mounted a winter attack since Frederick the Great. Therefore, I believe that's exactly what they're going to do. And then he, you know, you see him with the rest of his staff and he's like, I want you to start building up plans to do this, this, and this. And one of them is to go and uh, hit Bastogne. And so then that sets up the next scene where all of the higher command is coming together and talking about how are we going to do this? <laughs> Someone says, Patton, do you have any ideas? And he's like, I can attack with three divisions in 48 hours. 48 and everyone's hours. like, bullshit. <laughs> He's like my staff's already working up the details. Yeah, exactly. They've, we've already have yeah. we, we've already laid out the plans. Now the part that um, I also found um, 
I think lended to the story. And again, I have this part. I have, you know, I don't know if anyone has any, if, if this was completely fictitious, mm-hmm. but like um, within the, the German high command, um, yeah, you know, there's, you know, that one um, officer's stu- study of, it wasn't Rommel, but one of his guys right. um, studied Pat. Stiegler, said, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is his name Stiegler? I believe. I I, that's not that sure. <laughs> it sounds German. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. It it probably is though. Um, but he he's like he's like I read his book and I understand the man and he you know he, he's fascinated by the Greeks and that's why he's going to attack Sicily Steiger. this yeah this way and they're like oh no that's he wouldn't do that that's stupid um, and of course that's what he he did. <laughs> Um, yeah no I, I i really appreciated that too and coming back to even uh it's steiger by the way we got it wrong not stiegler steiger, steiger. um uh-huh. <laughs> but coming back to one of the things that you said at the beginning about how um you know so many biopics like start at the childhood and and uh you know get up to maybe even their death or like the right. culmination of, of their life or yeah, something like this yeah. and this is just like a four-year period of time I thought that character did sort of a good job standing in for some of that backstory, you know? So whether or not it actually happened, and I I kind of have to believe it did, right? I mean, the Germans consider Patton the premier general, and of course they would have somebody researching him. Yeah, so, no, I mean, obviously know. they took him as <laughs> as a legitimate threat to their plans, you know, <laughs> yeah. world domination. Yeah. So, I, yes, <laughs> they had definitely had to yeah. account for him. Whether had they had somebody study his psychology or not, I don't, you know. But <laughs> yeah. you're right. They, ha- they had to think constantly about what <laughs> what he was doing. Right. Because that was, that, I mean, we do know that's true within World War II is that they, uh-huh. you know, had their, in, you know, their intel on the different people and trying to understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, you know, the, the inner workings of like how the allies were making decisions and, and things like that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah. None of, think, none of these people are fools in that regard. No, but I but I think, you know, that character, the researcher on the German side, um, helps fill some of the void that would other, otherwise yes. just be... I mean, it is exposition. It's sort of explaining to us about his character. Definitely. But it's done in a believable setting, right? I'm not telling the audience, or I'm not telling someone they already know. I'm telling this my superior, what I've learned about, you know, um, this guy and, you know, just some of those sort of the crazier beliefs of, you know, Patton, <laughs> like, you know, his right belief in reincarnation. reincarnation. And, and that's brought up so many times in such a great yeah. way where as a, there's that dinner scene where one of the British commanders is like, you would have been a great, you know, marshal for Napoleon in the yeah. 1800s. And he says like, Oh, but I was, <laughs> but I was, <laughs> yeah. If you had lived they all laugh and what a jokester, and he's like, I know, he's like, I'm sure he believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the other scene where they're, you know, at the early on in the movie where they're driving in his jeep to go see some battlefield, and he diverts them uh, down to where you know the Carthaginians, yeah, the Carthaginians and were and- slaughtered. Yeah. You know, and he's like, and even in the same moment, he's like, I was here, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, I, some, I'm sure some of this is, you know, uh, exaggerated for the screen, but, um, 
again, I think keeping within the character of uh, that they're trying to portray. It was here. The battlefield was here. The Carthaginians defending the city were attacked by three Roman legions. The Carthaginians were proud and brave, but they couldn't hold. They were massacred. Arab women stripped them of their tunics and their swords and lances. The soldiers lay naked in the sun. Two thousand years ago. I was here. I don't know how it works, or obviously it's down to the skill of, first of all, um, you know George C. Scott, um, mm-hmm. and also, but you know, of course, the writing as well. Is that you know he could have come across as a very just one-dimensional character, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just war obsessed and and old blood and guts. Yeah, exactly. That they could have made him like a, ver- a very caricature of this mm-hmm. person, but you don't. I you know I didn't feel that way you know and, and well, I, w- watching the film as an adult now with a little yeah. more critical eye to film mm-hmm. and entertainment um, you know you never think I, like he, he was simple in any way. <laughs> I think it's one of the things that I love the most about this movie and how it's written and Scott's performance is that you know. I feel like they really do try and show the nuance of this person and his strengths and his weaknesses. And I feel like one of the things that I like about watching Scott portray him, and again, I'm not sure how true to the real life pattern this is, but yeah, for as much as, you know, Scott, uh, you know, Patton gets in the moment and he's like, we got to do it this way. We got to do it this way. We got to do it this way. And then he's able to sort of like see himself from that, you know, outward perspective and be like, you know, he's got the line where he's like, I know I'm a prima donna. That's what I hate about Monty is he won't admit it, you know, (laughs) Uh, you know, but it's things like that. And it's, and, and there's just so many little lines at one point, you know, he's sort of rep being reprimanded and, and, you know, uh, his superior is like, you know, we're not sure if we're going to send you home or put you, you know, keep you here as a decoy mm-hmm. and it's in the hands of so-and-so. And, you know, this is, this is a man who Patton, who, who wants to be involved in the war more than anything. And if it were that more one dimensional character, he'd be like up in arms and arguing. But instead he says, well, he's a fair man. I'll trust his judgment and leave it with him, you know? And, and it's it's things like that, I think, where, you know, as egotistical and as um, ambitious and as driven as he is, that he still has, like, other, you know, principles that he comes back on. Um, and again, I, I have a bunch of these examples, so I'll just throw in another one, right, which is like, there, there is some almost purity that he is after like yeah. the pure warrior yes and you know yeah. you see that I know when 
You see that when like the German planes are strafing the command center that he's in. This is early in the movie. And he finally jumps out the window and just like stands in front of them and like shoots his pistol as though that's going to do a damn thing, you know? Yeah. And there's a line where, you know, they were like, you know, I, I don't remember what he says, but he's like, you know, I don't know what crazy person planned this. And Patton's response is, I don't either. But if I could track down those, those Nazi pilots, I'd give them each a medal, you know? Yeah. He's like, I would give the son of, yeah, the. <laughs> sort of a bitch of metal or something like that yeah and that is actually one of <laughs> funny enough that's one of the lines i remember from a kid <laughs> one, yeah yeah is when he stands out there and the bullets like go on either side of him and he's just mm-hmm. shooting at a plane <laughs> with his gun <laughs> yeah I, I i do i vividly remember that thinking what a weird guy um yeah <laughs> who is, who, what kind of guy is this um yeah yeah I yeah, think, because you know. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. You go. <laughs> I think maybe what what draws me to this character is, I really do get the feeling watching this that he is someone who is driven by certain principles, and you know, you might say morals, or maybe not. Well, I don't know. Something that almost like transcends the situation that he's in um you know that's why he can't walk the political walk because he's like politics is bullshit i'm just here to win the war (laughs) that's why you see you know he predicts that we're gonna be at war with russia and he's like you know give me a give me a, a a few divisions i'll march right on through to moscow you know and everyone's like oh my god don't say that out loud you know But he was kind of right, you know, not that, that was not that right. we should have done that. Right. But, you know, it's like from that one perspective. Um, and that's also why he shoots those poor mules on the, on the bridge. He's just like, what are we doing? We've got to accomplish this goal. So, you know, it's like it, it it's yeah. I just think his his character has like this this he just he kind of plays by his own rules. And while he can sort of rein himself in at times, uh, he's never comfortable with it. And then eventually ultimately, you know, that's why he loses the, you know, third army or whatever, uh, towards the end of the movie anyway. So, um, but there's just something, um, compelling about that kind of person. Are they the best kinds of people that you'd want to hang out and have a beer with? Yeah, maybe not. Are they the people that you want running your government? <laughs> probably, probably not. Um, but it's still an interesting person to, to observe. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has his own... He does have a code. I mean, he, he lives mm-hmm. by a very... The warrior-soldier's code or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think allows him, for instance, when his, his protege, um, General Bradley, right. you know takes over he's he is mm-hmm. willing to fall into line you know right know, knowing right. that you know i know bradley he's a good man you know and mm-hmm. he'll do what's right and mm-hmm. you know i'm he's like i'm just a soldier following orders kind of attitude you know right um yeah at you know at the same time it must have really <laughs> i mean it bruised his ego and, and really graded on him um but um at the end of the day, you know, he's still like, you know, all right, 
that's but if they gave him any yeah. <laughs> if they gave him any window of opportunity he, <laughs> he would he take just, it he would just take it right like how he how he ended up yeah. in um Palermo oh, and Messina. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's 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 there first, waiting for Montgomery. <laughs> it's a it's another great moment where you see the relationship between these you know these people, especially you know Montgomery and um, and Patton, these sort of ego driven prima donnas, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know when Monty shows up and sees Patton there, he he comes up and he's like. <laughs> I think Monty says, don't worry, uh, George, I won't slap you or something. <laughs> and Patton's response is, it's a shame because I, I shaved very closely today in, in anticipation of being smacked by you. <laughs> this is just another part of his... Um want, want, wanting to prove that he is the best is when he... Um, so it's in North Africa, and you know he he obliterates the German, you mm-hmm. know, ar- armed. Um, you know, it's Rommel's division, right? Right, and, right. And, and he's just laughing, thinking he's like, "You son of a bitch, or you bastard!" I I read your book. You know? <laughs> no, okay. I, and then I, I have. I, hang yes. on, sorry to interrupt. I have yeah. this line burned into my memory. This is one that I come back to. Okay. He says, Rommel, you magnificent bastard. I read your <laughs> yes. book. That's what I, yes, that's, yes, that's, that's what I meant yeah. to say. Yeah, you magnificent bastard. Rommel, you magnificent bastard. I read your book. <laughs> what a beautiful line. And then right. he's all pissed that Rommel was sent back. He wasn't even there. <laughs> right. He's like, uh-huh. so you mean I defeated like the second, you know, whatever he said. like Second stringer, right? Yeah, or like some lack. I, mm-hmm. I didn't write it down, but like I just remember his reaction, how... <laughs> How angry he was that he didn't—he didn't actually defeat what he considered Rommel, who he really right. wanted to get because he yeah. thought Rommel was a pretty good general in his own right. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and he was yeah. the best—the best German, you know, tank commander that that the mm-hmm. Nazis had. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Now that that whole—I mean, honestly, that one tank battle scene. Uh, on its own would qualify this movie for epic movies. I mean, this is (laughs) one of the things that I was thinking about is, you know, today you would just do that with tons of CGI and, you know, um, it it all be, you know, done in a computer. And, you know, you know, some of it, Something parts of it don't hold up great. I mean, you see all of the stunt men sort of doing their like, oh, a thing exploded behind me. Let me jump and do a yeah. flip into some. You know, that stuff stands out now because we're not used to it anymore. Um, but just the scale of that, I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> you know, the number of of actual tanks and actual people and actual right. explosions, explosions and planes flying over yeah. and, I mean, talk about just epic i mean yeah it's it's hard not to think of things like lawrence of arabia also in 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 that same context back when you had to do everything practically you know Um, oh yeah and the scale that they would have to recreate that to make it feel um like 
this is happening, you know, that obviously, yeah. obviously they're using, you know, all the trickery of filmmaking. However, they still <laughs> had to like, it was a massive set and it required yeah. a, 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 lot, a, a lot of vehicles and explosions to make I know. It, to, to, to do that impact. Um, that, that, yeah, you're right. That battle especially was, um, a standout because it's, it's also the first time I think we get to see Patton in action to see what's mm -hmm. you know after he kind of reorganized um, that division into his you know right his unit um, yeah what what they could do if given the chance right because it's the same it's the same division or army I can't remember what the right military term is for it but it's the same folks who got their butts kicked at Kasserine right at the yeah. very beginning of the movie yes. yeah. so it's the same group he's just now molded them into his version of what an armored division and, and, yeah, and supporting looks like yeah because it's like when he's back um, they're back in Europe and trying to make the final mm -hmm. push to Berlin and you know they're saying something though you know he's like yeah I can do it in 48 hours and he, mm -hmm. they were like well they'll do it because they love you or, or scared of you yeah. or whatever. He says, no, they'll do it because they're good soldiers. That's why, right. you know, that's right. why they're doing this. Um, his yeah. belief was in his, his men. And he, um, you know, I think he genuinely, I mean, I don't know the the movie portrays it this way at, at any rate, that mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. genuinely concerned about their, their welfare and that it bothered him. Um, so, yeah. I think so too, but I also think this is another area where his character is very, very complicated or, or <laughs> conflicted, right? Yes. It, on the one hand, he definitely does, but then he is also willing to, you know, send people into risky situations just so that he can beat Monty to yeah. Messina, you yeah. know? No, you're absolutely right. And, yeah. And, and I think there's, there's one line that I think really encapsulates some of the co internal conflict or, or conflict and internal logic that he has. And it's in the voiceover after his first aid, Dick um, gets killed. So mm -hmm. he gets killed at this first big battle. Um, and it's like a diary. I, at first, I thought it was a letter to someone. I'm not sure, but it's it may just be a diary. But he says, talking about Dick, and he's like, you know, he was a great soldier. He had no vices, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, like the very end of it, he says, I can't see the reason such fine young men get killed. There are so many battles yet to fight. <laughs> and I was just like, there's like so much irony in that it's on the one hand he's like really feels for the loss of this person on the other hand it's like well they're there because they're fighting war and people die in war and then part of his reasoning is like but we've got so many more wars to fight like you know so it's just this weird convoluted logic um and again i think really serves to illustrate the complicated nature of of the person yeah no he was <laughs> i um <laughs> I, I I don't know um, much about his his um, 
obviously the spiritual life was important to him and informed mm-hmm. him and he was like i think the Ger- i mean i think the german guy uh who'd we call what do we call him not um steiger 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 I think it was saying like you know he he believes in reincarnation, but every night he's on his knees, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like he so he has like this very kind of traditional, um, you know, Christianity right. alongside mm-hmm. these beliefs that are outside Orthodox Christianity. Like reincarnation mm-hmm. is just not a part of that belief <laughs> structure. Yeah, um, and he seemed <laughs> to fervently believe in both. Yeah, I mean, right. And he, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he brought the chaplain in saying, I want you to pray for, you know, <laughs> yeah. no snow. Right. <laughs> Write me a weather prayer so that we can go kill our enemy. <laughs> yeah, the chaplain's like, like uh, what? <laughs> yeah, know, the chaplain's like, I'm not sure how that's going to be received. <laughs> <laughs> and then he decided to give the guy a medal after they got the the good. He's like, that guy seems to have a good line in yeah. the Almighty. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the other great line in this is he's talking to some report. I think it's reporters, or maybe it's other staff or something. And and one of the people said, you know, uh, sir, I understand that you have a Bible. Um, do you yeah. read it? You know, he's like, and he's like, yes, I do. Every goddamn day. I know that. That actually is one of my favorite lines in the, in the whole story. Because <laughs> I think I think that alone. I think maybe that's all yeah. he needed to say to kind of sum it up for me. What is where where he's yeah, at with exactly. that? Exactly. It was a very interesting quote. So. You know, Patton is a long movie, <laughs> and there's a lot of scenes in it. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we get little parts of his life and his, his what, what created the man and the myth. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. is, is there one scene in particular that kind of stands out, um, you know, in the entirety of this epic film? Yeah. Well, I think we, you know alluded to us probably having picked the same key scene. I know it's my, my choice. Um, but, uh, since it's my movie, um, but, uh, uh, we'll see if we're right. No, it's, it's where he shoots the mules. (laughs) No. Oh, wow. All right. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, it's the hospital scene. It's the scene where he, where he slaps the the soldier. Bastard! You magnificent <laughs> bastard! You totally That's right. Me. You did. You... <laughs> Damn you! I was Cooper. trying to think of what what could be a, a relatively <laughs> inconsequential scene, though. <laughs> like what? Well played. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I I picked this for a couple of reasons. I actually had a couple of candidates, but you know, just coming back to it, this was seemed like the only possible choice. Um, you know, and so we see, and part of this is because we see so many sides of Patton, and you know, not only, <clears throat> you know, he's he's coming through the hospital, he's saying hi to the wounded soldiers. There's still an element of how much do these soldiers love him or hate him, right? right. So how are they yeah. receiving his, yeah. you know, words and and that kind of thing? Um, and then he comes to one soldier who has been severely injured his almost entire face is bandaged up he's on a breathing apparatus yep um yeah you know and 
you know, Patton leans down and, uh, I think we're meant to believe there's some sort of exchange, although it may just be Patton whispering in his ear or something like that. We, we can't tell if the soldier is responding, although I think it, it seems like he is in, in some capacity and, you know, and he, he pins, I'm assuming it's what a purple heart or something like that. Yeah. On his pillow. Yeah. I think so. Um, and you know, so you see him seeming to sort of really wrestle with, you know, what he is putting these, um, young men through and, and the cost of, of, of war and his decisions and, and all of that. Um, and then he moves a little bit further down and there's a soldier just sitting on the edge of a bed and, you know, he's like obviously shaken up and, and, you know, and obviously this is before this, the time period is before well it's not really before i mean we knew about things like shell shock from world war one but it wasn't as yeah. sort of understood as you know ptsd as we have now and it's a right. real thing and you know it, it's it's crippling and and um uh, you know and is not just cowardice as Patton refers to it you know he, he says you know well you're just a goddamn coward and yeah it's like get him get him out of there and then he you know slaps him on his helmet with his gloves and and, you know, that sets up a huge pivot point in the rest of the movie because he gets in, obviously, a ton of trouble uh, for doing this. He's seen as, you know, disrespecting his own troops and, um, uh, and, and the press, you know, gets hold of it and draws cartoons about him and that kind <laughs> of thing. You know, and, and it really does change the course of his involvement in the rest of the movie and the rest of the war. Um, and, and one of the things that I thought was so interesting about this is that we keep flipping back to the German perspective and, yeah. you know, the, the Germans don't believe it. They can't believe that such a trivial thing in their <laughs> eyes right. would, you, you know, would pull Patton out of command. Um, and so they, they, make a huge strategic error in not understanding that. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, again, I think this scene sets up again, or, or, or illustrates a lot of who Patton is, but also is hugely consequential in, like I said, the rest of the movie and the rest of his role in the war. So that's why it's my key scene. I, I just can't stand the shelling anymore. <laughs> Your nerves. Well, hell, you're just a goddamn coward. Shut up! Have a yellow bastard sitting here crying in front of these brave men who've been wounded in battle? Shut up! Don't admit this yellow bastard. Nothing wrong with him. We won't have sons of bitches who are afraid to fight stinking up this place of honor. You're going back to the front, my friend. You may get shot, you may get killed, but you're going up to the fighting. Either that or I'm going to stand you up in front of a firing squad. I want to shoot you myself, you goddamn bastard. Get him out of here. Send him up to the front. You hear me? You goddamn coward. And it was, um, 
Yeah, I think it was. I think it was direct. Well, yeah, it, wasn't it directly after that he gets basically relieved of command and it was given to uh, Omar mm-hmm. Bradley? I think that's yeah one of. But you have to wonder um, if they were looking for an opportunity to kind mm-hmm. of put Patton to the side, and this became like yeah, like the Germans thought this is not you know they they would you know. They they would change their host a whole strategy because Patton slapped <laughs> a private, you know, uh-huh. in you know, in the helmet or whatever. Um yeah. if they thought of some kind of ruse or <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, some some sort of like uh, sleight of hand. Um uh, but you I think to me it also gives insight not only into you know, Patton, but but also the whole structure of how um, you know, the war was being, you know, the strategy or just the, the pieces mm-hmm. that were all involved and like um, right. how Eisenhower had to be diplomat as much as, right. you know, war, you know, strategic. <laughs> yeah. Diplomat in chief. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 you know, I never would have, you know, I never would have thought about that aspect of world war two unless mm-hmm. i had seen Patton. to be honest with you mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if there's a i'm, I'm trying i was trying to think is there another movie that really deals with you know that is a background of how decisions were made i mean i don't know i mean it, it's um i you know i think that most of the time in movies when it's like <clears throat> the higher ups in command are they're they're portrayed as slow moving or dumb or you know they (laughs) don't understand what it's really like on the ground and i can see a way through and and there are elements of that here but yes you know or it's like oh the politicians don't get it you know we've got to take you know all of that kind of stuff and i think what's interesting is that is all present, but in this movie, it's not portrayed as, uh, what's the right word, um, idiotic, or it's not in a negative light as much, you know, because they give voice to, like, you know, Ike is trying to hold this extremely delicate coalition of allies together. Yeah. So it's it's not portrayed as the typical, like, oh, the politicians just don't get it, or, oh, the generals just don't understand, or, or whatever. Right. You know, you see that in so many, you know, war movies and, and whatnot. So it's, um, so yeah, I can't think of a good example either. Do you remember, it was early on in the series of The Simpsons, where... <laughs> Bart is being bullied by Nelson, uh-huh. and he doesn't know what to do. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, Grandpa Simpson, Abe, um, evidently fought in World <laughs> War II, and yeah, yeah. they 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 plan like a an an attack on Nelson by throwing water balloons on him, right? And uh-huh. and <laughs> just. I just remember there, there's that they don't they didn't leave the character in the show for like I think they took him out. It was like he owned like the gun store in town. He had one arm. And he was just like this total conspiracy guy. And he's like, Main Street is the key to Stringfield. The Carthaginians knew it. The Romans knew it. And now you know it. <laughs> so and then, and then 
Bart like slaps one of um, the kids. He's it, oh, I, think yeah. I, I think it's Millhouse. He's shaking. He's like, I just, I just can't do it, Bart. And he, and he slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Grandpa slaps Bart. Says, "You can lead them to war. You can, you know, something like let them die for you, but you just can't slap them." Or something <laughs> was along the lines. <laughs> Obviously, it's directly from Patton. I mean, that was the whole point of that. Um, But I, but in a way, he encapsulates like, yeah, that's weird. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you can like tell a guy go stand there, and you'll probably be shot to death. But I can't, (laughs) I can't hit you. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a. I don't know. It's. it's, I would. It's a weird. It's a weird dichotomy. Well, you know what's interesting to me, having never served in the military and having no <laughs> business speaking on behalf of um, <laughs> uh, anyone, but I, I, you know, I would assume that there is sort of a delicate, like, um, uh, what's it like, sort of norms or do's and don'ts that are just generally understood as a way to sort of like keep the order and the discipline and, and yeah, the, you know, and like you know, as the the generals and colonels and sergeants and whatnot understand that the only way that this works is if all of the soldiers respect them and follow them and that kind of thing. So um, I would guess that there's an element of that in this, you know, if you start to <laughs> slap them physically abuse your soldiers, maybe they're not going to be your soldiers. For but yet you know. can do the most intense psychological, whatever you want to you, you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. what, I mean, in, in training, they're basically trying to brainwash you so that you will yeah. do things without thinking. You know, you sure, know, yeah. You 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 are you are trained to react to mm-hmm. um, your mission or the orders and your commanding officer and that that whole chain of command. And you're right. not, you, you're not. You know, it's like you're not paid to think. You're paid to do yeah. to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I actually am friends with a guy who was um, one of those sergeants, one of those drill instructor mm-hmm. guys, and and mm-hmm. you know just 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 talking about that whole you know the methodology and and right. and, and the the preparation that they go through to take these just dumb kids, you know, and to try to turn <laughs> them into into warriors. Um, yeah, because it's not because. <laughs> You 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 do have to make um, yeah change your mentality like you're just you don't right. live that way and I think that's also speaks to when people return from you know when 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 people are now returning from Afghanistan and, and you know um, places like that how <laughs> how to reincorporate and to adjust right. in civilian society is is mm-hmm. really difficult um, yeah. That that I think we underestimate, like, just how jarring that mm-hmm. is. It's just like, um, like my my uncle, who fought. Well, he was in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. you know he like once once he got home, it was like everyone was like there was a big party and like they're all mm-hmm. celebrating, and it, he just wasn't there. You know what I mean? It just yeah, was like. Yeah. Like oh my gosh, I, I I can't just jump into a cake, and you <laughs> yeah. know a music and a party, and it it's just wasn't it wasn't easy. And I think mm-hmm. that's, um, yeah, why why you know that shell shocked soldier, 
um, yeah. is is a, is a, is would be the human response in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah this is messed up. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing things that normal people do not see, and you got to live with that. Um, things that normal people don't see, and things that are brushed over in his opening that opening speech <laughs> that he gives. Right? Yeah. He says something to the effect of like, "Some of you aren't are going to be worried. You're not going to be able to, you know, do yeah. your duty." He says, "Don't worry about it." He says, "When you put your hand in a." a bunch of goo that <laughs> right. 10 seconds before was the what face was your of your best friend, best friend, you'll know what to do. Like that's horrific. <laughs> right. No. And it's, it, yeah. It, yes. You know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's meant to be motivating, but it's also like, that's, that's, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to subject someone to. Um, and yeah, now you don't come back from that. A hundred percent. I assume. I don't know. Maybe some people do. I I don't know. I don't don't think I would. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think you can go. You can't. You know. You have to process in some way. Any 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 trauma in your life will will have an impact on you, and you know, regardless. And you do have to. You do have to address it at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, PTSD. You know is, is something that has existed for a long time as you said but it you know it didn't right. it, it and there's a stigma knowing knowing people mm-hmm. have served that there's a stigma in seeking any sort of help for that it's right. almost this mentality that Patton had it's just like get right. over it you right know? um but like you know my grandpa fought in world war ii on the pacific side of the war oh gosh um, yeah and like he would only talk about his experiences with other people who were there. Yeah. Right. All that stuff he kept silent about. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually probably know more than my dad does even about some of that mm. stuff. Some of that. Oh, but, cause, cause you were there too. Yeah. Because you know, I was, I was reincarnated as a, <laughs> that's right. No, but I was, I was, <laughs> no, but I think my dad was saying like growing up No, you know, grandpa yeah. never talked about any of that stuff to any of us. Right. And yeah. I, I think I was just curious, and maybe my grandpa is just kind of softening in his old age, and mm-hmm. would, would would share little little parts. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like mm-hmm. stories of like, yeah, da, 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 da. it was it was it was more like, oh yeah, I remember this or that, mm-hmm. um, um, but not, but nothing, but nothing like the 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 to sit in a room with other people who you knew that could mm-hmm. relate to that world um, because it yeah. is not. That's why they call it, you know. That's why they call civilians. You know, there's a there's a demarcation. You know, we're you know yeah. we we don't know. Um, I I would imagine it's like you know anyone who's survived a trauma, right? There's you, you, there's a certain amount of you know talking about it is opening up and is a vulnerable thing to do, and you know I can imagine with something as significant as that that you really wouldn't want to do that unless there was someone who you knew they understood where you were coming from and that kind of thing and didn't bring their own, you know, judgment into it, not having yeah. gone through what yeah. they've gone through. Good point. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, do you remember when um, Saving Private Ryan came out mm-hmm. and there were men who were either there 
or you know were part of the invasion in some fashion who mm-hmm. did re-experience the trauma like it was too mm-hmm. like it was too realistic mm-hmm. at, at some point and just to relive something that they you know had buried for years um, yeah that um well yeah i mean i i have a relative um who was also in vietnam and um didn't talk about it at all for years and then platoon came out and he saw platoon oh, yeah. and, and it was like the first movie that he said was a m- more accurate portrayal right of what he experienced and it was only after seeing that movie that he started to open up and talk about it a little bit more so yeah what's interesting too and i was thinking about this is the is the timing of when Patton came out you know 1970 i mean we mm-hmm. were well into the vietnam war at that point um, yeah that's true and this is a very you know pro american mm-hmm. pro you know we're, we're the heroes of the world when America mm-hmm. was going through kind of a crisis of conscience about, you know, where are we? You know, what are we yeah. doing there? Um, it, this, this, I, are we supposed to be doing this war? Because World War Two is so like black and white, right? These are the Nazis. These, yeah. these yeah. the bad guys, and they yeah, well, must be stopped. It's um, black and white now. Uh, even in the '30s, some people had some sympathetic <laughs> views. Well, right, the Nazis. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. you know, and, but the yeah. Jap- and the Japanese attacked us, and the right. feel the feeling was now okay. Now they have um, started a war with us. <laughs> it's it's the scene. It's it's the moment in the fight scene where one guy hits the other, and he wipes the blood off of his chin or off of his lip and looks at it and he's like oh now it's on <laughs> that was that was pearl harbor to america yeah. <laughs> so it, it felt like we were more like justified in our reactions right, right. to these things yeah um where it was more confusing and what the you know what, what was this war about exactly um, and again, I have to go back to that opening speech again because this really stuck out at me and I know that it was not written in the 70s it was written by Patton <laughs> yeah. back in the day but right. one of the things he said is like you know this is why America never has and will never lose a war like, yeah well, <laughs> that was the maybe that was the one prediction you got wrong there George <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, the the timing of all these you know the timing of these movies and when they come out is something that's really interesting to me it's like I'd love to see some sort of like data map of like the lag time between you know um um a movie about a war when it comes out you know when do we start making movies about vietnam about and right when do we start right. making movies about world war ii or world war one and afghanistan and iraq and and things like that and then also really interesting is then what's the overlap with the other wars that we're also engaged in at that time and you right. know and it's it's very very interesting you know um The music for the film, I think, is is hugely important. Um, of setting. yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. that one theme, of course, is just iconic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it's Jerry Goldsmith, um, mm-hmm. who who you know, obviously one of the <laughs> greatest, you know, um, you know, film. I don't, what do you call them? Film scorers. <laughs> composers i guess i don't know but specifically in specifically in the world of film then of course he did alien so there you go Mm. ah that (laughs) tie-in 
Yes. <laughs> Did he do any work with the Beatles? Please tell me yes. Uh, damn it, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> well, you uh, know, uh, here's my here's my last uh, comment on on the score. First of all, yeah, it, I mean, it, I've had that score stuck in my head all day. The main theme, right? Yeah, you know, that, of you know, Patton's theme and and, yep. and that kind of thing. <laughs> But the other thing is the trumpets, you know, the da 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 you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, you've seen, I'm sure, the movie Inside Man by Spike Lee. Oh, yeah. The heist movie with yeah. um, uh, Denzel Washington and um, uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a scene in that when, um, oh, gosh, I hate having to do this. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Inside Man, just turn <laughs> off for about 30 seconds. Uh, there's a moment when like the cops are storming the bank and there's mm-hmm. this little and I knew as soon as I heard that I was like Spike pulled that that's a that's a, a tribute to Patton and later oh. on I went back and watched the commentary and sure enough he was like yeah I you know I was that was oh, an homage to, to this Patton score I didn't catch that okay next yeah, time I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely watch that movie again at some point <laughs> so I will yeah oh it'll be on this show at some point if you don't yeah. get to it I'll get to it that's that's true so, yeah cool so chris um you know we always ask the same question on this show um and i don't know what your answer is going to be but did Patton the movie not necessarily the man save the world (laughs) or maybe because it's a biopic you get a pass in that regard i don't know in a a sense i mean uh, yeah he did didn't he kind of kind of not many people can say that um So it's it's always I'm, funny when we get movies on here that are like <laughs> explicitly tied to when we did Sunshine, right? It's like, well, I guess they did see yeah. the world, but the movie yeah. stunk. But the movie was Yeah. But in this <laughs> anyway, case sorry. we could make it I I I feel um that it did for a number of reasons, including the the literal saving of the world. Um <laughs> Okay. Also to to defend the you know the, the you know biopic in general, I I, mm-hmm. I think is I think is important. Um, yeah, because yeah. even though we know that it's you know it's it's a skewed version of of anyone's life, um, of course. To under to understand um, through the lens of Patton's experience, we understand much about the events of a of of some crucial parts of 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 a world war Mm -hmm. and um and also just i don't think it's and i i was thinking watching it it's like okay is this like glorifying war or is it showing it as as hideous and i Mm -hmm. think it does show like the cost of war um Mm -hmm. his his character is is this is this very over the top, eccentric, ambitious, egotistical, passionate person who, like you said, is willing to you know use the lives of these soldiers to achieve his objectives. And you do see mm-hmm. like like I mean, there's that one scene very early on where like he's yelling at that tank commander saying, "Get your ass moving! You can ford mm-hmm. the river over here," and like somebody makes the comment there's probably not one son of a bitch in this whole right army would, would right. want to shoot shoot that guy or whatever, right. <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. um yeah and then it's balanced with like yeah like you know blood and guts and all that shit mm-hmm. um 
but I don't. There's specifically that one part. I for, I I think it's it, it's definitely towards the end, and I cannot remember which battle, um, where his 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 division was out of gas, and they're just yeah. fighting the Germans. Uh-huh. And then the, the like the the tank commander is just sitting next to his tank, and Patton comes up yeah. to him and is like, "What happened?" He's like, "We fought, and then at the end, you know, it was just hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. and you, and you yeah. see like a guy with like a you know a bayonet through his back or whatever." Yeah, you think yeah that like yeah he got what he you know Patton got what he wanted, but it was it was mm-hmm. at the cost of lives. Um, yeah, so I I you know. It's it's one of those things like this was in some ways you know it it was a necessary war there there was an aggressive mm-hmm. force on the earth that you know wanted to take over and they had to mm-hmm. be stopped um but it yeah war war comes at a as a co- at a cost and yeah. you know you and I are so removed from <laughs> You know what? What? What's the main complaints in our day? You know, compared yeah. to like trudging through snow, um, you know, knowing that you're going to face, <laughs> you, you might. This might be your last day on Earth. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's not something I have to worry about. But yet, people did that. Um, yeah, and, and, and they're and, still and, doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's. Um, I think that's. I think that's important to keep in to keep in our mind um especially when we think about you know going to war as a nation is it is 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 this something that's necessary yeah i know Um, i would like for us to learn that lesson at some point but we don't seem to be learning it very well um yeah (laughs) but i i would agree with you in that i feel like you know any movie about war can feel like either propaganda or criticism right um yeah that's yeah exactly you know i mean like platoon is criticism right whereas like american sniper is probably propaganda um yes yes and this movie to me feels fairly balanced it may maybe lean a little bit toward propaganda but i i do think they to your point they they show the cost and they show it internalized within Patton himself and um so yeah I just I think it it does a pretty good job for a movie of this time about a subject as like you said as you know everyone feels like well World War II was a just cause it still illustrates those things and I think I think does it in a really nuanced way so I would agree yeah I mean I th- I think if someone Well, maybe not easily, but like, yeah, if, if someone were to dismiss this as like, oh, it's just one of those war, war pictures, I don't think that gets mm-hmm. to the depth of it. It's not, a, yeah. it's not about the battles. The battles right. are, are part of telling the story. Um, yeah. It, it, is, it is about Patton. I mean, that's, it's, it is. It's and, not and about I World to- War II. Yeah, I I totally agree. And actually, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to come back to something that you started with. I think this is a great biopic. I think it is a great portrayal of a person. Um, And, you know, even where we started with, I do think that's important. And I think it's a great way to learn 
you know, about history. And, and, you know, there are so many things in this movie that are shown that are based on, you know, that actually happened. So, right. um, you know, I think for that reason too, um, um, it, it puts it down on the side of, yes, it, it did save the world. Uh, okay, Chris, I did come up with the, would you rather for this? Um, I, I, think this might be hard but i don't know maybe it's an easier one for you but we'll see um i I tried to avoid even though this is a war movie how are you going to die it's not about (laughs) that um so would you rather be a direct subordinate to Patton or a direct superior officer to Patton? would you rather work for him or have to manage him (laughs) that's what it comes down to that is a that is a clever one, Glenn. That is, that is not an, that is that's that might be your best one yet. Um, and you've had some very complicated ones. It might actually be how do you want to die? <laughs> that I think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, I would have preferred to have been Omer Bradley. Before I got promoted, I oh really? I would not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to try to rein in and deal with Patton um, <laughs> as a subordinate. No, I, 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 I would. I would be one of those guys that follows him around, and you know, and sometimes you know have dialogues or whatever. But at the end uh-huh. of the day, um, no, I wouldn't. I I would not want to be that guy. Like superior officer it would it would drive me crazy it's it's where you put your time and energy right on the subordinate (laughs) side you're like i'm gonna put my time and energy into figuring out how not to get on this guy's bad side Um, yes yes as the superior you're spending your time and energy constantly having to deal with his rants and clean up his oh yeah like exactly (laughs) like all the like crap he said and like yeah like um you know, and just reining them in like that would be a would oh, would, would would be so difficult. I yeah. I, I wonder what if you asked one of <laughs> if you asked Bradley <laughs> himself what he would have said. You know, because <laughs> oh, and Bradley was on both sides, right? <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I want yeah. I, I I wonder what he would have preferred. You know, some yeah. of it. Some of this movie is based on his memoirs. Mm-hmm. You know, informing mm-hmm. that his relationship yeah. with Patton. So maybe it's in there. I don't know. I should probably read it. It's probably, good, it's probably a good read. I got to drop the quote in here where Bradley says to, to, to Patton, he's like, frankly, George, you're a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, we have made it through Patton. Um, epic, epic movie uh, from 1970. But what are we watching next? What's coming up next week? <laughs> All right, I, I alluded to the fact that I am <laughs> really thinking about the wisdom of of doing this because um, this is way outside the box for okay. us. Um, it's something that I am personally interested in, in talking about because I um, it, it's. <sighs> I don't even I don't even know how to describe what this is. <laughs> I hope it's a movie. <laughs> There's this YouTube channel I've been checking out. Well, it's really you're, cool. not, you're not wrong. Um, 
there there's I am um, here's how it started. All right, and then this will lead into what this is. <laughs> Jesus. I am I am very frustrated right now with the current state of filmmaking in general. I think that's okay. you know, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of interesting and original movies being made. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like there used to be more, mm-hmm. um, and that even independent movies are, um, there's just less, and it just feels like there's less and less interesting ones, um, where people really You're- push the boundaries of what is film. I mean, we, and we tried a few with, you know, <laughs> varying success, which, but I did appreciate the fact that here's, here's a director trying something totally original, even though mm-hmm. I may not get it or it didn't click with me, I do at least acknowledge like okay there's somebody taking risks here mm-hmm. um there is okay <laughs> it, i am it this build up better be worth it i'm getting really nervous go on it's 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 different um but i, I <laughs> it's either going to be I, fantastic or the worst disaster of we've ever done um all right cool so it is it is um you know there are people on YouTube that make movies um, okay. without it, without any any funding any <laughs> you know full complete creative control yeah. of how this thing is executed so they're uh-huh. completely unhinged in terms of what um, you know they're they're required to do there is this series I'm gonna, I, I I get it's it's a series of short films that tell one narrative one story okay? arc yeah yeah there's a one story arc so it's different than an anthology which is you know maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. four different films that have one theme uh-huh. this is short they're described as short films rather than episodes because it, it doesn't sure. really, it doesn't really feel like an episode either um okay. there is a youtuber um his real name is kane parsons okay. um and his page is kane pixels backrooms it is okay. a web it's a series of short films, like very short, some of them. Um, you know, if you add them all together, it's one film. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a series of films based on the myth of the back rooms. Not bathrooms. I don't know what that is. But, yes. <laughs> the myth of the bathrooms. <laughs> the myth of the bathrooms is a totally different that thing. Was I my, do not want to watch. favorite Greek <laughs> mythology was the myth of the bathrooms. <laughs> No, it's about the, it's, you know, it's, it leans a bit into creepypasta and some of that uh-huh. other territory. Um, but there is kind of an established mythos for huh. this particular, and it is, I would loosely put it in the category of horror, uh-huh. but okay. in a, sure. in a, in a very different way. And it's, it's, I, um, and, and I'm tr- I'm trying to think. There is an order to watch this, which I will yeah. send to you. Um, yeah, you better. Because <laughs> there's 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 actually two ways to do it, and we could uh-huh. you know I could talk offline about the, the yeah, way to yeah. do that. But so it's I get I don't know that what the theme would be. I guess it's just it, YouTube. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's yeah YouTube films or <laughs> short the short you know short film genre. Sure. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think I kind of want you to watch it without reading about the mythology. But the other part is like, <laughs> is it going to make any sense to watch this I'll, thing without I'll, it? I'll, 
I'll do it. I'll watch it with no research. You send me the links in order that I should watch them, and I will watch them. <laughs> and see if we could piece it together. I mean, I I don't know. This could be a terrible idea, my friend. And I realize we'll find that. out. But I'm totally, right. like, part of it is self. I mean, no, it's always selfish. No matter what, no matter what I do, it's selfish. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, this is something that I'm like, just, no one will watch these, so... <laughs> but um yeah but we will I, but we will and it yeah. it does it does classify as as in my opinion a film although it does kind of challenge us on what is the definition of filmmaking um because it's right. not it is non-traditional yeah yeah okay um so that sounds one. interesting it's um, it'll, i'm game it'll, it, it'll be something <laughs> <laughs> it'll be something that's for sure so yes called uh back rooms back rooms all right k rooms okay all right well folks that does it for us this week thank you so much for listening um i really love talking about this movie chris yeah uh, i'm glad you 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 uh brought this movie back to my my attention yeah uh, folks, if you like the show, please uh, share it with a friend. That is the best way to get the word out um, or give us a rating um, in iTunes or whatever platform you use. And next week we will be back with uh, Backrooms. 